Welcome back to the show. This week, I talked to my friend Marnie Vinge. Marnie is the host of the Irioki podcast. She's also an author and she's just a good friend. She's been on the show several times. She's always a great guest. And this week we talked about fear, something that she's interested in, I'm interested in, which is always um, a good thing when you're gonna be having a discussion about it. So this week we talked about fear, the categories of fear, uh, the psychology of fear, just all things fear. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I hope you guys enjoy too. Here it is. Digging in the crates for something, yeah. Hidden gems off the misunderstood. Cause you know there's no such thing as too much. Marnie, yes. thank you for being here again. Thank you for having me. Of course. It's been, uh, when was the last time you were on? Um, it was in person, so it had to be like at least three months ago. No, it was more, than that. More than that. It three was more months than that. ago. It was like last fall. Yeah, it was like last oh, fall. Oh, man. It? Yeah. 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 Think different world back then. Yeah. The before time. Yeah. Before. <laughs> What is it? BC before coronavirus. That's what I've exactly, heard people yeah. saying. Mm-hmm. That that was it's a great a observation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> before like middle of March, it was a different world. Now we're uh, yeah. we're all just struggling to get by, creating an isolation. Yeah. Which sometimes mm-hmm. is my favorite way to create, but. Yeah, when it's when it's an option. <laughs> oh yeah, when I could be like, all right, today I'm creating an isolation. Tomorrow, in a group. I'm gonna go, yeah, be out in the world. Yeah. Someday. Someday. We'll get back to that. But for right now, we'll struggle through a conversation over a video call and we'll see what mm-hmm. we can do. And if nobody watches it or listens, then good. That's how I prefer it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but today we're talking about fear, which yes. you know a lot about. You talk a lot about. I think we should start by reminding people of what you do and your podcast. Okay. You're writing. Tell okay. me about that. So basically, I host a podcast called Irioki, um, and it's exactly what it sounds like. Everything supernatural, spooky, true crime, um, urban legends, that's folklore type stuff that's kind of scary in Oklahoma. And I also write horror novels and novellas and stuff, so I've published some of those. I also write thrillers, and I focus a lot on anxiety and fear in my writing. Um that's something that really has always, I guess, fascinated me. And I've always liked spooky stuff. Like even as a kid, I read Goosebumps and Manicula and watched movies that were way too, way too advanced for me at the time. But I was, you know, into the horror stuff. So I remember watching Scream like way before I should have watched Scream. But, you know. So. Yeah, because you would have been a teenager, right? I think it's not like 99-ish. It might have been like 97, 98. Oh, wait, maybe it was... I don't know. Yeah, I'm I sure it was, I remember we're the same scared, age. Though. So I was definitely too young, too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember being like young enough that it really scared me. I look back at that movie now, though, and I'm like, it's so hokey. It's not oh, yeah. really scary at all. Oh, yeah. It's like he what, is, what even was the deal? Like her boyfriend killed her mom. 
Like, <laughs> yeah. like, like, what, that doesn't even make sense because, like, they were like seventeen, and didn't her mom die like years before? Or yeah, something? yeah. So, like, when, like, so, so like, a thirteen-year-old boy killed her mom, or something yeah, that makes like sense. that. Like, yeah, that makes that totally, totally by that. The whole movie okay. seems like a parody of itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's still fun. The, there's so the fun. nostalgia it's, factor there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So what what do you have out right now? Where can people uh, buy your books, and what right are now, they? Everything, everything's on Amazon right now. Um, I've got the Irioki short reads, which is a like a collection of the three novellas that I wrote last year. Um, they're about twenty thousand words a piece, so the whole thing is like two hundred pages, not super long. Um, and then I've got a thriller that just came out called The Way It Ends. That is not supernatural but it is very much like thriller related to the true crime type stuff that i talk about on the podcast um and i like to joke that all of my writing is basically um people i have met and how they have proceeded to disappoint me so that's just kind <laughs> of like you know the vibe of all of it is just like i i take my anxieties and my traumas and i kind of meld them into these stories and stuff and so super fun that's good i mean that's what they say right write about what you know that's right. Yeah. If I was going to write, if I'm going to write a movie, like that's what I'm going to do. Write about what I'm yeah. familiar with. Write about your pain. Yeah. yeah. But for me, mm-hmm. it's because I don't, I'm not good enough to uh, just come up with a story completely separate from my life. So I can only <laughs> write from experience. That's all I got. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I wanted to tell you, I did pick up a copy of Arioki Short Reads, oh Volume 1. And uh, so I just got it this week, but I read the first one, Jaws, uh-huh. and yeah. loved it. So good. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So I'm going to read the rest maybe this weekend, but uh, okay. I love having I... like a, just like a hard copy of yeah. something. So awesome. I love that it Thank was available. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm of so course. Excited. Yeah. I, uh, I think you'll especially enjoy the third story. That one is my favorite one of the three to write. Okay. So that one's. That one was my favorite. Awesome. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I think what I liked the most is that you, you're talking about things in Oklahoma City. So I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, I know that. Like you, there's the whole part with the underground. I'm like, oh, I love yeah. the underground. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. So it's nice. And for anybody who's not from Oklahoma, it, it'll it give them a chance to get a sense of what the city is like here. So I think it's yeah. cool. That's cool. Thank you so much for picking up a copy of that. That's awesome. Of course. When are you going to put out other hard copies or uh, paper um, copies? The way it ends actually just came out in paperback yesterday. Oh, yeah. even that better. One, yes. Um, and I'm working on a full-length horror standalone novel right now. So that'll be coming sometime soon. How far along are you with that? Uh, not super far, kind of still in the planning stages, but I write really fast. Like I, it's kind of, um, the people that are in my writing group kind of joke that I'm like a writing machine. And I think that that, uh, kind of comes from my mental illness because I hyper-focus and so I'm able to like get a whole bunch done like all at once. And, um, but yeah, so we probably in the next few months, I would say. Okay. Isn't that what, uh, Stephen King has been like with his writing where he's like very just on a schedule every yes. day treats yes. it like a job because yes. it should be exactly exactly that's how i treat it yeah um and it's been a little bit different during like the coronavirus 
thing. Like I kind of think of it like I'm just like any other business. I'm operating on Corona hours right now, yeah. which is my schedule's kind of messed up and um, sleep is not great. And so productivity is kind of low, but it's okay. Like, you know, we're all doing the best we can and just, you know, we'll get through this. Like it'll be, no. it'll be fine. Everything will go back to normal. This is the time to do your greatest piece of work ever. Right? Yeah. If you're not writing King Lear, then like, what are you doing? Like, oh my God, those make me so mad. <laughs> I thought the beginning though, I was like, yes, this is going to be my moment. Oh, I'm going to do so same. much. Yeah. yeah, same. And I've got stuff done, but it's not what I wanted it to be. It's, oh yeah, yeah, no. That's so it's like same. coming to terms with that. Like, all right, you're a loser just like everyone else. We can all do nothing. <laughs> it's fine. Oh my gosh. That's and this hilarious. is this is the forgiveness stage now where exactly. i'm like yeah this is we're moving towards acceptance <laughs> yeah that's exactly <laughs> yeah. okay well i want what do you so like you said you talk a lot about fear and anxiety and like everything in that realm what um how would you define fear um so like i'm the most i guess like physiological biological evolutionary type definition i think i would say that it is like a biological response to a threat so it's like a survival thing basically you know where you have like the fight flight and freeze yeah things that that's how people can respond to either um a an actual threat to their life or a trauma situation so um i think that kind of it's just something that keeps us alive like yeah because it comes from like millions of years of evolution it was yeah it was yeah. that fight or flight it's like yeah fear kept us alive mm -hmm. but now the more i've been reading there's like there's learned fears and then there's just the the universal fears that seem to be in all of us which is weird to think some of the that things really that, cool. that we're all scared of mm -hmm. actually from a couple of videos i watched uh both of them mentioned snakes which i thought was interesting they list listed snakes as like this innate fear in in all of us, which is not true. I mean, some people love snakes, but mm. I guess that is pretty common. Like who who's really just who loves snakes? Let me tell you who. Okay, so well, I, I believe there's people. I'm not. Well, I have a, I have a funny story. So, okay. okay, like a couple days ago, we had a snake situation on my patio. Oh um, great! Animal control had to come because it was that big and that scary. And animal control said, this is either a copperhead or a bull snake that is the exact same type of bull snake that looks identical to a copperhead. And really the only person who'll be able to tell the difference is the herpetologist, you know, and oh. this woman who came and picked it up, she had picked up a copperhead only a couple days before from someone else's house around here. And so like, I, I'm, I'm thinking animal control lady who looked at the snake in broad daylight probably knows what it is so i get added to this um snake identification group like by a friend who's trying to help me out which i didn't even know this was a thing yeah so, like i take this really horrible picture of the snake like it's dark you can't tell anything about the snake people are commenting on it about oh well this is this kind of snake blah, blah, blah. no it's harmless and what makes me mad about that a couple of things there was another picture i'll send it to you later it was like a snake in pitch black night and somebody I identified it and I'm like that could be anything like yeah, that could be just... a rope like, you know I mean, it's just it a mass 
yeah and so anyway then there were uh they were saying like oh this is harmless and i'm like there is a big difference between non-venomous and harmless anything with a mouth is not harmless <laughs> so it just oh my god those people they love snakes good for them whatever they're driving me crazy so i, I would imagine it's a very tiny percentage though oh yeah, Mo yeah. most people you talk to they're like i'm not snakes i respect them yeah not for me like do you think it's like what do you think that comes from because i know that when i see a snake in a situation where it's not like when i saw that snake drop out from under that chair the other day that's it how it just, happened it dropped out from a chair yes. okay so yes my mom was sitting on a cushioned recliner outside and maggie one of our dogs went nuts sniffing at the bottom of the chair and we were like what is she doing like she looks crazy and we moved the chair and this giant snake like probably four or five feet long drops from oh god the exactly. see i feel it right now exactly i mean it caused me it gave me like a visceral response and i've never had like a bad experience with a snake or anything that would make me yeah i haven't either that. yeah but i do i just made my skin crawl yeah i remember i was on a hike once three or four years ago and we were in the path there was a snake but it looked dead so we kind of walked around it and then i I used to carry a GoPro around a lot back then. Yeah. So I started filming it and I didn't get like super close, but I got close enough where it moved. I guess <laughs> yeah. it, it was alive. And I thought, yeah. I thought it was dead and I was just getting real brave. Like, Oh, look at this little snake. No big deal. And then it like scurries <laughs> off. And I was like, what? Cause it, I mean, it yeah. looked, it looked like it was shriveled up. It had been dried out. No, it was mm -hmm. messing with me. It was messing with me. Oh my god! But that's it's probably the worst awesome. experience I've had. Like it didn't bite me. It didn't even come at right. me. It just yeah. it just went away. But yeah. snakes—they seem like one of those learned fears. So, like mm -hmm. when you're younger, you don't know anything about snakes, but people tell you to stay away from them because they can yeah. bite you. They can kill you. Mm -hmm. They're venomous. Mm -hmm. yeah. Even though a lot of them aren't. A lot of them are just like right, like a garden snake or. Mm -hmm anacondas those aren't that bad yeah, yeah exactly. I, that's what i wanted to tell those people aren't anacondas non-venomous i would not classify those as oh. yeah you remember the movie anaconda exactly john boyd can tell you they are not harmless <laughs> like they they won't they won't bite you and put venom into you but they'll just they'll just eat you they'll wrap yeah, you up they'll and they'll eat, eat yeah, you yeah they don't care oh. see that movie didn't help anybody with their fear of snakes it didn't help me. Do you remember the movie Arachnophobia? Oh, that one too, where I'm like, oh God, I, yeah. I've i never looked at a bathtub the same again because I just expect spiders to come up out of the drain. Oh yeah, same, same. Mm. But spiders the same, like most of them are harmless. Yeah. I think. They make my skin crawl too. Like they, yeah. just, oh, they gross me out. Just the idea of it, because you're like, yeah. they're gonna, they're, they're up to something. It's like, mm -hmm. It's yeah. like you're profiling nothing, insects. Yeah, exactly. Like nothing good ever came from having what eight eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were like, I don't know you, but I know you're up to no good. I can tell. Yeah, I can tell. Look exactly. at you. Yeah. You've got eight legs. Yeah. What are you doing with all those legs? Exactly. Going is it eight? Good. It's eight legs, right? They got eight. It is. Yes. Okay. Good. Yeah, and apparently spiders can actually use their two front legs to pretend to be an ant. Oh yeah, they're really fooling people with those. Right, and I'm like, any, that, that just, no, that's not, 
you're not up to anything good if you're trying to pretend you're an ant. Like, what a terrible disguise. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm an ant. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm still going <laughs> to smash you. Exactly. Even if you were an ant, I'm probably smashing you as an ant because I don't want you yeah. here either. Exactly. But isn't that weird? Ants, no big deal for most people. You just smash it right. with your finger. You're just like dead. Mm. Yeah. But I would never smash a spider with my finger. <laughs> no. 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 And what's weird about that is there are types of ants that can bite you and it hurts. So like, oh, yeah. You but know, we're still and, just and like... Yeah. And I wouldn't even smash a teeny tiny spider that was the same size as an ant with my finger. Yeah, because you're like, there's something in their body. I know it. I'm going to be poisoned. Yeah. Okay, so I have this like irrational fear. Talking about fears, this is one of my irrational ones. I do not like to be the person to smash a spider because I have this idea that they have like, I don't know if this is scientific at all. So like in my mind, in Marty, Marty's world, when you smash a spider, it like sends out pheromones to tell all its friends that you <laughs> killed it. And then those pheromones are on your shoe. And so they're going to come for you. So like, I'm always ready to let someone else take that bullet. Like, you know, if the spiders yeah. are going to come, they can come for you, not me. It's like you do it. Like, That's exactly. rational. That's very rational. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's sort of based in logic. Like maybe it's faulty logic, but... You're like, whatever I have to do to protect myself. I don't want to, it's like a, like, I don't want this to be like a gang scene where I kill yeah. one of theirs. So they're, they're going to come after me. <laughs> the spider mafia is after me. Yeah. And then it's just back and forth till either all humans are dead or all spiders are dead. Exactly. Yeah. It's just, there's no way out. Yeah. And all humans will be dead before all spiders are dead because there's too many of them. Yeah. Like if they just decided one day that they were done with us. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, really, we should be kinder to spiders because they. I feel like if they wanted to, they could just be like, "All right, that's enough. You're out of here." That's enough. Yeah, which like the current situation, I could see them kind of being like, "Okay, you yeah. had your chance." <laughs> yeah. Well, they have room to plan now. Nobody's outside, oh, yeah. so it's like they can yeah. just be formulating a plan to kill all humans. Them and snakes, yeah. they're like teaming up. They're allies now. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> facts. People, facts. All right. Well, we talked about it some, but I'm going to go into like the categories of fear. Okay. As as told by Dr. Carl Albrecht. I don't know if that's how you say it. I think he's German. I had never heard of him before. And then you look him up on YouTube and there's only videos of him talking in German, which makes sense. But it, it doesn't seem like a lot of people are talking about him. Yeah. But I did find this also included in an article on psychology today. So it seems like he's a... Uh, He's knowledgeable. And mm -hmm. a lot of these make sense. I like that it's broken down. That it's not just so black and white. So they come with a little bit of a description. So I'll read through them. But stop okay. me whenever. Okay. So these are the five categories. Extinction. The fear of annihilation or ceasing to exist. This is a more fundamental way to express it than just the fear of death. The idea of no longer being... Uh, no longer being arouses a primary existential anxiety in all normal humans. Consider that panicky feeling you get when you look over the edge of a high building. Which I think, yeah, that's, uh, I mean, fear of death is fairly universal. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And you know what? what's weird about that is um, I know that a lot of people experience this where 
if you are on a high edge, you fantasize about jumping off, even oh, if you don't yeah. have any desire to do that. Yeah. Or it's like, you know, you, you hold a knife in your hand and you think, what if I just stab myself with this? Oh, and yeah. It's like a very common intrusive thought, which is weird because it goes like, and maybe it's your way of like trying to prepare yourself or like make sure that that doesn't happen to you kind of a thing. But yeah, it's kind of weird. Yeah. That's like we have those two very primal responses to being on the edge of the cliff. Like, oh my God, what if I jumped and I really shouldn't. I think it might be to like remind ourselves of how fragile life is. Cause you're standing on the mm -hmm. top of a high building. You're like, I could, I mean, right now, if I just fell off or jumped off, that's it. Yeah. It's over. Yeah. And that's mm -hmm. how quickly it changes. Just deciding. All right. Mm -hmm. I'll jump. Yeah. But no, I've, mm -hmm. I have, I've had it all the time where like, I don't want to, but I'm like, look how easy that would be. All you mm -hmm. have to do is jump or all yeah. you have to do is, I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy it how close you are to death every day. If mm -hmm. you really wanted to be, but we, most of us do not want to die most mm -hmm. of the time. I most mean, of the time, yeah. yeah, you can become suicidal, but I mean, outside of that, I think mm -hmm. even people who are struggling, you don't, you're, the first thought isn't like, I want to die. Mm-hmm. Right. Like our will to live is crazy it for is. how, for it how is. difficult it's, life is. Yeah. It's not. It's crazy. Okay. Number two. Okay. Mutilation. The fear of losing any part of our precious bodily structure. The thought of having our body's boundaries invaded or losing the integrity of any organ, body part, or natural function. Anxiety about animals such as bugs, spiders, snakes, and other creepy things arises from fear of mutilation. That makes sense. Yeah. Just like yeah. not not living your to your full potential anymore. You lose a hand or a yeah. finger or mm -hmm. I mean or having a yeah, snake I mean, it, bite you. Yeah, like any of that could it kinda of made me think of um I'm sure you've seen a picture like this because I remember it going around the internet when the internet was a wee thing. And it was this guy who had accidentally like stuck his hand in a meat grinder. Oh, I don't know if I have seen that. Okay. Well, oh maybe I was on different websites as a child. <laughs> when was that, though? Uh, probably when we were, like, in high school. Okay. I think I saw it on, like, Rotten.com. Yeah. Um, I remember, see, that was, like, back when the internet didn't have as many... There was just those few places you could go to find the worst things. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Now they're everywhere. And, yeah, I remember... Now they have, like, gore pages on Facebook. That's seems odd it does right it seems very odd i'm kind of questioning how that doesn't go against their terms but um but yeah like i remember seeing and seeing any picture like that it's like when you see um like you see a skateboarder break their ankle or yeah you know it kind of it causes that same kind of like visceral reaction where you're just like oh my god i'm gonna throw up or like yeah where you're like you can sort of imagine how it would feel where you're like ah mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> oh no and I think sound makes it 10 times worse. Oh, yep. The breaking sound? Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. I was watching a movie last night where um, one character has to remove a catheter and put in a new one. And I was just like, ah. ah mm, yeah. Uh, and that goes along with what you are just saying. Like, in, it didn't say, like, invasion of your body or yeah, something like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Anything that's Is not that, supposed think, to be there. Yeah, like needles, needles. Yeah, that all makes sense because mm -hmm. it's all not normal. It's foreign. Yeah. It's not what your right. body is used to. Yeah. And it's mm -hmm. fear of the unknown. You're like, I don't yeah. say I was going to get like a limb cut off. 
no, you don't know what that's going to feel like. Exactly. Like maybe it's not, I, I hope it's not as bad yeah. as what we believe. Cause what we believe is it's going to be the worst thing ever, but maybe it's not, but you fear the worst cause you don't know it. Mm-hmm. Have you ever uh, heard of the, I don't know what you'd call it. It's a, it's not a fetish. It's, it's people who want to have their limbs cut off. Like that's a, like a fantasy. Mm-hmm. I have. They have made a whole movie about it. I think it was called Armless, where the guy wanted to cut off his own arms. It's a very Jeez. small independent what is, film. What's their what's their reasoning? Like, what is the fantasy? Like, what is the, what do they get from that? I don't know, because they're gonna That's live so a lesser hard. life without yeah arms. You're making you're gonna it's gonna be a lot more difficult. Like yeah, I feel like the payoff is not going to be no. worth what you're gonna have to go through yeah. day to day. Like I, I don't know, it's just it's weird. I think you'd immediately regret it. Like that. It sounded yeah. great in theory, yeah. But it's I don't I don't know how it sounded great in theory, but they, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've so never weird. wanted to lose a limb. I've never thought yeah. I could go without it. I mean, you yeah. can go without it. Doesn't mean like, mm. but we have we have arms and hands and legs. We they're they're there for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> don't get rid of them if you were you were blessed with them. Right. Yeah. Please. So PSA right now, any of you out there who are listening or watching PSA. and you're, you're trying to cut off your limbs on purpose, just don't do yeah. it. Don't do it. Okay. <laughs> Number three, uh, loss of autonomy. The fear oh of God, being yeah. immobilized, paralyzed, restricted, enveloped, overwhelmed, entrapped, imprisoned, smothered, or otherwise controlled by circumstances beyond our control and any in physical form, it's commonly known as claustrophobia, but it also extends to our social interactions and relationships. I think that is where our fascination with prison movies comes from. Because I think there's a little piece of all of us that's like, it's like we've talked about, I think we talked about that this either on your podcast or my podcast about how we're all just like a decision to act away from being a bad person. Oh yeah. One moment. You know? Exactly. And so, and I think especially if you deal with intrusive thoughts, you've probably thought about going to prison because you're like, you know, what, it, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I have. And yeah. And so it's like, so when I watch like the green mile or um, Shawshank Redemption or anything like that, I think it's with a totally different kind of sympathy maybe because I'm like, what if they were good people that just made one bad decision and like, and oh, I think yeah. that, you know, and I think also another fear that I have like that is of going insane. In prison or just like just in general. Just, oh just yeah. In general. Yeah. Losing touch with the world where you and you don't even yeah. realize you're insane. You think it's exactly. normal. Yeah. 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 That's terrifying. Oh my God. Which speaking of which, okay, so this is a fear of mine. I I feel like there is probably a technical term for this. I've never brought it up with my therapist because I'm just not ready to unpack all of this. But um one of my fears, have you ever seen the Truman Show? Yeah, the movie? Yeah. Yeah, love that movie. Okay, so my fear is like, like I'm like, this. I guess it could be considered kind of narcissistic, but my fear is like, what if everyone in my life is only telling me I'm doing a good job because they're all like trying to manage me and just like make me, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Kind of, does that make sense? Like, It does. Yeah. Like they... Like to keep you in line, sort of. 
yeah, like it's like they know I'm crazy and this is a better alternative than me being locked up forever. Like, oh man. Yeah, like trust me, that one like gets to me sometimes. Like I I think like because it stemmed from a moment where I was in therapy and I was sitting there and I was thinking, what if she thinks I'm like way more messed up than I think she does? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. kind of like what if she thinks I'm like a hopeless case? Like <laughs> And she just can't say it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is ridiculous. Like, you know, it, it doesn't really work that way. Like if I was hopeless and all of that, I'd probably be in a mental institute, like that sort of thing. And I Maybe you are and you don't know it. Maybe exactly, yes. That like maybe this is maybe this is just like a group of people have agreed that this is the best way to handle me. Yeah, just like, like just tell her ridiculous. tell her she's a writer. Tell her she's a great pot whatever you have to tell her. Exactly. Just... <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes I'll like look at the podcast numbers and I'll be like wow do that many people feel bad for me and so they listen like you know what i mean like it's kind of like a like wow like i, I don't know i think it's it comes from that fear and also like imposter syndrome kind yeah. of mi- mingling together but i don't think that'll ever go away though there are days that yeah. i have like a pretty good level of confidence i'm like yeah man you get it you're great you're doing great and then other days i feel like i'm worthless oh and- same Absolutely, and, and it's like back and forth and i don't i really don't think they'll ever change i don't care how no. much i know about what i do mm-hmm. and i don't care how much other people tell me that i'm doing a good job i'm like yeah it won't it, it doesn't matter no i think it i think that it gets to like a manageable level yeah but i think that it it's always kind of there i mean there was um i read recently a neil gaiman quote where he had been invited to like a big banquet or something full of like creative people and um scientists who'd made discoveries and in the quote he says another gentleman who was much older than me who shared my first name came up to me and said i really don't know why i'm here all of these people have done really great things and neil Gaiman looked at him and he was like sir you were the first man on the moon and like neil armstrong was just like i don't know why i'm here like i just went where i was told to go and just yeah. kind of like totally minimized that experience and so, and Neil Gaiman's point was like, if Neil Armstrong can feel like an imposter, the rest of us certainly can. Like, this is, definitely, because you yeah. it also whatever you're doing, it becomes normal. So it doesn't feel mm-hmm. extraordinary in any way to somebody exactly. who yeah. doesn't know your work and they're seeing it for the first time. They go, oh wow, that's like really mm-hmm. cool. But if you live mm-hmm. it, you go, well, this is just my life. Why would anybody care? Like, why? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. You know, so him going to the moon, he's like, I don't know, it's my job. Like, this is what I do. I go to the moon. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, too, there's like this idea that, um, like, successful people or a celebrity or something, um, I don't think we always take into account that they have everyday lives and that they, you know, they do the same things that we do or successful people, you know, they have to eat breakfast, they have to go to the bathroom, like, you know, those kinds of things. And so when we, are doing like our most basic everyday tasks or we're not like looking our best or feeling our best, it's kind of easy to think, you know, you're not really worthy of the success that you're having or things Yeah, because like you're like supposed to be on and perfect mm-hmm. all the time. Otherwise, oh, yeah. you could never be successful right. because everyone else on the internet looks like they're just 24-7. They're just like getting it. They're getting after it. Mm-hmm. They have oh, yeah. no problems. Yeah. And I don't like those people. Yeah, same. All right, number four. Separation. 
the fear of abandonment, rejection, and loss of connectedness of becoming a non-person. Not wanted, respected, or valued by anyone else. The silent treatment, when imposed by a group, can have a devastating effect on its target. Which is sort of what we were just talking about anyway. Yeah. Where it's like feeling mm -hmm. just not worthy of anything. Yeah. Even though you might be trying really hard and everyone's like, I yeah. don't know, you're all right, I guess. So that is like, that to me speaks a lot to like my issues with romantic relationships. Like that fear of, I th and I think as I get older, it gets worse. Oh, like, that's I think not it good. Just, but do you know what I mean? Like, I think yeah. it just kind of like calcifies in a way. Like it yeah. kind of, I think it gets worse as you get older or it gets harder to overcome that like fear of rejection. And um, I don't even know that it's so much fear of rejection as it just like, the other day I thought about you because I was driving and I was thinking like about getting into a relationship and I thought, what if I get in a relationship with someone and then 15 years from now we break up and then I am 48 years old and starting over. Oh yeah. Not, I like, do that. It was, yeah. It's a, yeah. It's a completely different anxiety than I would have had at 21 getting into a relationship. Yeah. You because know, like, at 21, you're like, I don't know, 10 years from now, I'm still young. I'm not like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, what, what does it hurt? Like, yeah. And, and I think that now you think about it like, hey, I have this business that I've built or I have, you know, these things that I've done. What if like a divorce takes that from me or yeah. destroys it in some way? Like, it's very, ugh, getting old sucks. Like, it's not, it's not fun. I know. I don't, it I just feels. It just feels like every decision is more important, even yeah. though it's probably also not like we also have no right. control. You can get a relationship mm -hmm. and you go, this is perfect. And then mm -hmm. things happen that are totally out of your control 15 years from now. Mm -hmm. So no matter I mean, what, no matter how good you feel about it, it doesn't like it doesn't uh, matter. You could get in a relationship with someone and they could cut their arms off. Exactly. Like, and that would change everything. Exactly. And you're like, I had no idea this is the person you were. <laughs> Exactly. I didn't know you were into this. Like. Yeah. You could have mentioned this on the first date that you exactly. wish you didn't have arms. So I could tell you, well, I'm not going to carry you around if exactly. you decide yeah. to cut those off. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, I get the same thing though, where you like start doing the math and it's terrible because mm -hmm. you shouldn't. Also at 48, you're still young these days, you know? Yeah. I saw thing the other day that kind of freaked me out and it was like one day eventually you will have more past than future oh man yeah yeah that like that messed with me I, and like honestly you don't know when that is that might have happened that's true could happen ago. yeah like, you know you might um, not have much of a future exactly yeah you don't know you could get hit by a bus like or oh wow that's crazy off jump off a building <laughs> man but you're also wiser if you have more past and a future. Well, if, you, if you're going to live to like an older age. So if that's you're like 80, true, yeah. you're like, I have all yeah. this past. Mm -hmm. You idiots that are younger than me know nothing. I know a yeah. lot, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die soon. So what, is, yeah. what does that even mean? Yeah. And I think it's probably less, less of a scary thought if you're like, like 80 years old and you're like, yeah, I have more past and future. Like, well, yeah. Like, I yeah. Know everyone's that, like, you know? duh. You're yeah, old. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and I think when you think about it, you're 33, you're like, wait, wait, wait. You're like, what? is that now? Yeah. Where's the line? 
Yeah, because I think for like that's a big fear of mine is like not achieving everything that I want to, or not doing all the projects that I want to, um, leaving things undone. I guess. Yeah. I'm definitely gonna be a ghost. So. <laughs> well, that works out fine then. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Don't I, I mean, to do. Being a ghost sounds pretty cool, actually. It does. Yeah. I think it would be fun to just scare people for a living. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, there's no real consequences. Yeah. You just... Yeah, exactly. Oh you just God. mess with yeah. people. I, I saw something recently that was like, what if when you use a Ouija board, it's like connecting you to a call center in hell? And Wait, did you post that? Because I saw that. I don't know if I posted it or not, but it's basically like you... So it's like you could get this like low-ranking demon that's just like... <laughs> You know, <laughs> it was really funny. I might have posted it. Maybe I did. I can't remember. I love the idea of, yeah, using a Ouija board and it goes directly to a call center. Oh, yeah. I do, too. So great. Yeah. It's a, it just like takes all the fear out of it, too. It's just like, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Just some, some ghost working in a call center. Like, oh, here's another one. Yeah. These here's another group of teenagers. Dumb kids. They think it's so yeah. funny. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is my job. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We are running out of time. So I'm going to get to number five. And I like this one a lot. Okay. Uh, ego death. The fear of humili- humiliation, shame, or any other mechanism of profound self-disapproval that threatens the loss of integrity of the self. The fear of the shattering of disintegration of one's constructed sense of lovability, capability, and worthiness. That's probably the worst of all of them. Yeah. It's like uh, why public public speaking is so difficult for people. We're like, yeah. oh, God, I'm really letting it all out there. People are going to know how worthless I am. Yeah. And it's oh, going to yeah. happen in front of everyone. Public speaking is I've, like I've had people, um, mainly I say people like my family, be like you should try getting into radio or something and i'm like that is a completely different ballgame than a podcast like it that really is, is live and i think that that um you know it's it's different like you don't get to edit or anything like that like it's just yeah whatever stupid thing you say is out there and yeah. you know it's kind of and i think that when i first started the podcast i really obsessed about every little thing like that went out on the podcast or that i said on social media i was very like um, just obsessive about it, like how will this be perceived, like that kind of thing. And I think when you can let go of that a little bit, it's a little bit like liberating. Definitely, yeah. I, I think mm-hmm. we've talked about it, you know, with my show that that was the whole goal from the beginning is yeah. to just yeah. put it out there because that is scary. You're opening yourself up for criticism. Uh, yeah. It is likely that I'll say something that I don't even believe. But in the moment, right. you just say things and then people yeah. are going to attack you based on that. And I think it's yeah. good to open yourself up to that because that yeah. all, all that comes just from fear of what people will say about you. And mm-hmm. who cares? I want to care less about what people think. I've spent a lot of my life caring too much about what people think. So mm-hmm. I am okay with the idea of putting this out there and people mm-hmm. quietly calling me stupid. Yeah. Yeah, that's I, yeah I've, I've been not so quietly called stupid so well that. <laughs> i just assume like, fun, like yeah but i think most people are they're judging you quietly yeah, you know what yeah, i mean yeah, yeah. there's always Everybody's the ones that, that they the need 
they need their opinion to be heard. They need you to know what they think of you and your show. Yeah. But yeah. most people are just watching and either saying something really good or they're like, oh, unbelievable. She thinks she's so great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, yeah. they have no idea what it takes to uh, make a podcast or write a book or to put yourself out there. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think um, like when I was in college, uh, there was this lady who everybody was kind of, everybody, me included, was very critical of her. Like we kind of made fun of her because um, she was, her writing was kind of, I don't think it was bad necessarily, but it was a little bit weird. Like um, just lots of stuff going on in it and everything. But the thing was, we all made fun of her, but that woman had written seven books by the time that she graduated from college. Wow. Yeah. And so I look back on that and I'm like, not a one of us could have said that at that time. Like, yeah. even if her stuff sucked, that was seven books further along the way of becoming a good writer, you know, cause you get better with everything you write. Every, yeah. every podcast you get a little bit better. And, you know, so I look back on that and I'm like, we were stupid, but yeah, but you don't know. I mean, that is yeah. like, that's what you have to do. And people who don't realize that they're they're gonna make fun of you, they're gonna give you a hard time, oh, yeah. but, but they don't yeah. know that that's part of the process. That you're gonna have mm -hmm. to be terrible, unless you're just mm -hmm. naturally good, which I guess is possible with certain skills. But mm -hmm. for the most part, especially with creative pursuits where you have to put it out to make money or to mm -hmm. to show to an audience, you're gonna be terrible at first. And there's no oh, there's yeah. not really a way yeah. around that. Nope. Mm -mm. You gotta, so, you gotta be willing to suck at something new. Yeah. But the good mm -hmm. part is, yeah, you just keep doing it. And yeah. You, yeah, you get better without there's, there's realizing very, it. Very few people can pursue an activity over and over and over and not get better. Yeah, like, you know, like uh, exercise or working out is the perfect example yeah. because everyone can like mm -hmm. understand that. Like something that's hard mm -hmm. in the beginning, if you do it every day mm -hmm. or every week, it just gets easier. It's just yeah, yeah. a long road. Yeah, so. exactly. There's a there's a writer that I really like that he does YouTube and stuff, and he does a lot of like how to stuff. And one of the things he talks about is how he writes about five thousand words a day. And for some people, that sounds like what? Like whoa, are you serious right now? Like that is insane. And his whole thing about that was like when he started, he'd write a hundred words at a time because he didn't have the stamina and that's exactly what he compared it to was like exercise. Like you couldn't walk outside of your house right now and run a marathon if you'd never yeah. run before, Yeah. but you might be able to run for 30 seconds and then you could build on that and that sort of thing. So I think it works out yeah. for all creative pursuits. Yeah. It's just hard to remember sometimes. Oh yeah. Cause you yeah. see what other people are doing. You're like, Oh God, I could mm -hmm. never do that. And you shouldn't mm -hmm. be, you should be starting where you can start. Exactly. And you know, when I started podcasting, it was difficult to just the idea of putting out one a week and trying to do a mm -hmm. good job. And now I'm like, all right, I get that. Let me add video and let me see if I can mm -hmm. add more shows. And because oh, yeah. some of it's like, you're like on autopilot, you understand it, you know mm -hmm. how it works. And yeah. And then it gets boring. So you're like, I need more. Yes. I am. I completely 110% understand that. Well, I'm glad we're on the same page. We're also Same. out of time. Oh man, this was fun. I really this was fun. This, one. this could be a longer conversation. Maybe we do uh, another one about fear, or like we we continue this on an in person episode. 
let's do that i like okay. that idea okay yeah. perfect because yeah this was a this was a fun one because we mm -hmm. got off some to some like creativity stuff that also mm -hmm. related to fear, which I love because yeah. there's a lot of fear yeah. in that. So oh, I think so too. Yeah, a lot of anxiety with creating anything. Oh, anxiety for sure, mm -hmm. for sure. So okay, yeah. well, we'll continue this conversation. But Marnie, thank you for being here. Do you want thank to? You, of course. Do you want to tell people where they can again, where they can find you and your show and everything else? So um, anchor.fm slash Irioki is like the website for right now. I'm working on getting Irioki.com up and running. Um, but just any podcast platform, search for Irioki. It's E-E-R-I-E. -E, like you show it on the book, Oki, like Oki. Um, so I'll just, let me just hold is. the book up again for everyone. Oh, up. Yeah, like that, like that. Yeah, that's my name. That's my book. Yeah, right there. <laughs> yeah. And then here, just, just go, just search that. It's on yeah, Amazon. Very yeah. easy to find. Uh, okay. Instagram, all the same. So, yeah. Perfect. Well, thanks again for being here. It was a lot of fun. It was so much fun. Thank you. All right. That is it for this episode. I hope you all are staying safe and staying healthy and doing okay. Uh, I know this is a tough time, but hopefully things will get back to normal soon. Um, but if you'd like something different, if you'd like to try something new, if you'd like to be on my podcast and talk to me and have a discussion like the one you just heard, uh, go to miscimportantstuff.com slash talk to me, fill out the form and I'll get in touch and, and uh, we'll figure out a time. So, but that's it for this week. If you like this episode, please let me know. If you hated this episode, please let me know. And if you have any ideas for future episodes, please let me know. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next week.